Good. Okay. Tina's back with us after a knee surgery. And Tina, I really missed you, missed going to see you, but I still will. It's just things are just popping up. Uh, just too much. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys, I had a problem in my house. The water lines were busting. A year, I think I had six or seven or eight leaks. They would pour water from the roof into the kitchen and just inundated the whole area with wet carpets, everything. And uh, I had to do something. And so Mike Reeder showed up with another young, um, uh, gentleman with him. And Mike just, uh, in three days, fixed all the pipes. He replaced the water in, in a 5,000 square feet house, an older house, but repaired it all. But to everywhere he repaired it, he had to make a hole on the, on the, ah, yes. Yeah, oh, Jesus, sheetrock. I never will say that word again. <laughs> they had to make holes on the other side. So if the shower is here, on the other side will be a big hole. And so there will be maybe 15 holes all over the house. And then Claudio came in with uh, two other guys. Remember Claudio? Claudio from uh, Newton used to be in Brazil and used to be our cook in Brazil. And she's, he does now sheetrock ministry. And he repaired and then painted. And, and then <laughs> he sent a crew of five people. They were the most unbelievable people. And they cleaned all the white. Uh, that I still got some white, but they cleaned everything. And then before they did that, they took the popcorn ceiling all over the house out. You know what that is. And then after that, he added something called LED which simply means heaven came to earth. <laughs> and, he, and he simply lit the whole house. One switch and, oh, oh just this, this light invades the place. I don't know how many bulbs he put in there, but I would say about 75 to 100. Cleaned the, all three floors, all, all, all lit, all painted, all, all, all new, all, all walls painted. And, uh, and I had a privilege of staying on a... Airbnb. You know what an Airbnb is? Somebody's house that they don't want it. That's what it is. And so I stayed in there and uh, into a little room about the size of this little corner here, okay, with a bed, Barry. And I said, oh, Lord, I want to go back to my house, you know, where I have a big room and I can walk to the bathroom way down there. And, and, I, and, I, and so it's all cleaned and uh, it's beautiful. And, and uh, Mary Lucy sits down on the on the couch, watches TV. Uh, she she watches Wheel of Fortune. You know, after that's bedtime, and uh, and uh, she plays the game of finding the 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 word and the the letter and and uh, and uh, oh, I tell you, it's so good to be back home again. I mean, it's good to be back home. And uh, so, but it looks so different now. It looks just totally changed. We started teaching this last, last two Thursdays ago, right? This is the third Thursday. And we taught this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And the title of this is The True Character of Discipleship. I, I thought of discipleship being something special. 
but now it's become something very special. And so the question started with the ministry of John the Baptist. And if you go to the 15th verse of chapter John, John chapter 1, verse 15, it says, John bear witness of him. And so you have the ministry of John and what happened as he points to Jesus and, uh, and uh, uh, in, in about uh, five or six verses, it begins with uh, uh, the testimony of John pointing Jesus as the Lamb of God. And then you begin to see the disciples following Jesus. Verse 37, disciples follow Jesus. Dis- disciples heard Jesus speak, and they follow him. And then they must come and see. Remember Nathaniel? Uh, Nathaniel saying to, to Philip saying to Nathaniel, come and see. And you have this idea of, of visualizing the Son of God. And then, and then they begin to use uh, titles, the Lamb of God, the, the Rabbi, Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, Son of God, King of Israel, Son of Man. And then you begin to realize that, uh, that they recognize who Jesus was. And then on verse 51 of chapter 1 of John, Jesus does something totally, totally. I've been looking at that verse for for years and years and years, but I never understood what Jesus did. He did something prophetically. Because Nathaniel believed that he was, Jesus saw him under the fig tree. Jesus says, because you believe in what I did, what I said, I will open heaven. And the the, the verses, uh, I'll read it to you. Uh, Verse, uh, he said unto him, Hereafter, from from here forth, you shall see heaven open. Now what do you mean by seeing heaven open? Well, listen, uh, if Jesus is saying this, it's because he's going to see the blessings of God upon him in the future of three and a half years of ministry, you see heaven open, and angels of God descending, ascending upon the Son of Man. In other words, you're going to see angels speaking to me, ministering to me as I begin my ministry. Stay with me, and you see heaven open. So, so he is simply speaking to Nathaniel, saying to him, "You will see." Now, the question is this: Does Nathaniel look like you and I? Does Nathaniel seems to be? A, a, a man call of God. Is Nathaniel one of us? So if it is, then Jesus began his ministry by prophesying. He prophetically said something. Now as you study prophecy, there are three parts that you have to get to know. Because if you see the three parts, then you begin to realize who you are in the midst of the three. The first one is prophesying. When you look at prophesying, it's in, it's in 1 Corinthians 12 as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is the one that seemed to, to be teaching in that area. He, he, he is, is wrote 14 epistles of the New Testament. So when Paul says something, you have to understand it and, and, and know that, that you can't accept, you cannot accept the ministry of Jesus, reject the ministry of Paul. You cannot, in other words, it's impossible because if you like Romans, you have to like 1 Corinthians 12 or any other chapter in 1 Corinthians. The, this, the excuse here has been that that's a church out of order. 
But after dealing with uh, that church, which was in Corinth, Paul says this on chapter 12, the manifestation of the Spirit. In the gifts are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the story of spirit, faith, work, a mere gifts, and in prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. When he said prophecy, it has nothing to do with the prophet. It has to do with 1 Corinthians 14, 3. He, he repeats that again, edifying. What do you mean by, what do you mean by comforting? It simply means the first part of the prophetic begins with you caring for others, ministering to others, helping others, uh, 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 teaching Sunday school, being in, the, being in the choir, being in the worship service, singing in the band, playing the, an instrument, being a part, prophesying is edifying, building, covering. That's the beginning of the prophetic. The second area of the prophetic is the gift of prophecy. I explained to you that tonight. Why the gift of prophecy is in between is because you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. You, you, can, you can speak life into situations. Today on the way here, one of the tires busted. The funny thing is, only the cover of the tire came out. You know, you see those pieces on the highway from trucks. Well, one a piece came out. So we stopped to look at it. We didn't have a, a nice wrench to take the, the spare out of the, of the situation. So, so we just drove carefully. And I heard the Lord say, turn right. John wanted to turn to the left to a gas station. I told John, turn right. And suddenly John turned right and Googled his telephone, which is an interesting phone. It's, a, it's not an expensive phone, but it, it moves so fast with John with his hand. He can do anything with that phone. And suddenly <laughs> we come across a tire store. In front of it were three people, like, waiting for us. Okay. And so I say, you take this tire, take that tire, take that. In about 15 minutes, we're out of there with a, two new tires, a tire, pretty new, about a bought a tire, and, 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 and no more problems. Now, what caused me to say to John, turn right, the Holy Spirit? You probably say, Rick, but you have a prophetic ministry. But it was a gift of prophecy, meaning that he came to me, and I didn't expect I needed a word or to find a tire. I wouldn't be here tonight. The third part is the ministry of the prophet. Now, we need to cover those three tonight somehow because if we do, then you have an idea where you are. See, my idea, my, my thinking is that if you know what's in front of you and you're able to minister to others and, and God use you, you have to move up into this ministry thing that you've been doing. You can't sit on the gift of prophecy. You can't sit on prophesying. Because if you sit that too long, God, you, you get bored. You become repetitious. And so I've been moving on the prophetic ministry so long, but I never identified until I began this study. It means, simply means, honestly, I'm telling you, I, I wasn't looking for promotion. I wasn't looking to improve. It just had to happen. Now, I'm 76 years old. And I just came into it and realized, Jesus, I've been prophesying all my life. I've been speaking on lives of people and talking to people in ministry. And I began remembering all the things that have happened in a period of 40 years and what the Lord had done. And I, I said, oh, God, I'm sorry to be so dumbheaded and so ignorant. 
and uh, forgive me, Lord. And I, I began to recognize a lot of things. So this is, uh, this is it's new to me in a way, but it's old to me. But I'm trying now to find a way to relate to you in this area so you'll be blessed. Uh, now, I have to say several things. First, the prophetic in this area ushers the kingdom. The prophetic in this area ushers the kingdom. Uh, Jesus does not call any disciple. They simply united with Jesus because of the testimony of John. So it started with the testimony of John. When John begins to give his testimony of who Jesus was, the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world, people began coming to him to be baptized. And as, he, as, as they came to him to be baptized, Jesus came to John to ask John to baptize him. Simply meaning that any ministry that does anything to do for the kingdom of God has to begin with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible that you be ministering or caring in this area if you don't welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm talking about no reservation. I'm talking about come Holy Spirit. Everything the Holy Spirit has. Why is it so important? It's because if that's the case, then God begins to see your heart in desire to minister to others. Now, are you, are you with me? Are, we, are, we, are you moving? Okay. And so, last week I started saying how to ID the prophetic, meaning... How you recognize what God is doing. Because you see, you know, this afternoon, I have a tire on the right side who is in bad shape. I don't know where I'm going to go. The Sitco store, we have to find a wrench to do the job ourselves. And so out of my mouth came, turn right on 11. Now, I didn't know anything about that shop. But that was a shock to us. When we turned left in the city of Winder, at the left is the shop. And the three guys outside, all tired, used tired type of thing. And, uh, and they speak Sp I began speaking Spanish with them. And before too long, we got the tire out there. I mean, do you understand? How to ID? Romans 4.17, John, is the number one idea the number one idea on how to identify the prophetic okay as it is written i have made you a father of many nations before him who believes even god quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were so, so if god called things that be not as though they were it simply means that you need to learn on how to foretell i'm not talking about blank name and claim it. I'm talking about mentally see what's in front of you and begin to deal with it. When I met, when I met uh, John Williams, the Lord gave me a picture of something. Remember that? I saw something. Now, he didn't tell me. I saw it. Now, if I had a revelation from God and I act on it, then... The God that calls things to be not as though they were will solve the problem. And he did solve the problem. Would you confirm? Now, I'm saying to you because that was, a, that was something that happened between you and I at a parking lot. And when I called it, you said yes. And before too long, 
everything began to change. And it was still in motion to change. Remember that I said several things over you that will have still have to happen. But suddenly, the last year has never been the same. Things are happening. So what has happened is that prophetically I spoke something over your head, both of you, that now is changing everything. And, and the process is still not terminated yet. And so, and so, uh, so uh, in the Old Testament, you, the prophets told the future. In the New Testament, it, it's a forth, you foretell. Jesus says, you shall see angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man that stands before you. So, so, so th- this, is, this is how to identify when God is doing something, he lets you know that he is moving and he communicates with you that he is doing something. And you recognizing and believing by faith releases it. Okay, now number one. Number two, when you say something prophetically, you're blessing people. Now, the prophet can say something that is rough and tough that needs to be taken. is not nice. You know, every time I, I, I hear uh, 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 my brother, I know that he is talking about something that is very powerful. And he comes out of a prophet, prophetic, a prophecy talking to me, as opposed to nobody in this room. So when you say something to me, or you open your mind to say something to me, now and then you come up with that, mm. and I know that God's talking to me through you. Do you understand? Now, the same thing happens with you. So what I'm saying, the same thing happened with, 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 uh, with my sister Sandra. And so what I'm saying to you is that uh, it's to bless. It's never to hurt. You shall see heaven open in the ends of God, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Number three, the prophetic is a message Inspired by God. Second Peter one twenty. It says, Prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the message that comes in is inspired by God, meaning that as the word comes, the Holy Spirit does not show me the store. But I heard there's a store down there. And in this time of two or three minutes space, John Google's driving, and he said, there's a store. You weren't driving. So where did, where did you see the store? Where did you see the store? It came up on your phone. Well, John, your phone is a very strange phone. It does some weird things. You said, there's a, so, so in other words, you saw something on your phone, he said, there's a store. Down the street on the left. And when we made a left, it was right there, full of tires in front of the store. Folks, folks, that's just a little bit too much. Does God want me to get here on time and with a good tire? Yes. Have you seen a tire with no cover in it, just bald? That's how we, we drove for two miles. A bald, weird-looking tire. All that stuff on the top came out.
It can be a spirit of prophecy. It can be prophesy. I believe that the spirit of prophecy, uh, I want to speak on it. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. Okay. Now, so third, Second Peter 1, 20, 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, number three, Exodus thirty-one eighteen. God can communicate in writing. In, in, in Exodus chapter 31, 18, and he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. So writing is used to communicate. Second, Exodus 3, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. The oral communication can come through angels. Now, that has happened in my life several times. Meaning that what the person in front of me spoke direction in my life in a critical moment when I need to hear something because I've just been through a trauma situation and God had to communicate. I was desperate not knowing what to do. And as I opened that door, this man said, I have to speak to you. Listen to me. And what he said was prophetic because it began to happen. When I left the United Brazil at the age of 15, my father prayed over me for an hour. I remember pieces of it, okay? One of the things I remember was that everything he said to me that night will be fulfilled in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God. And his, his voice was so loud that the people at the airport were kneeling down. I see many people doing the <laughs> sign of the cross, okay? It was a voice that filled the hall of Tangerbean Airport in Rio de Janeiro. It was prophetic. Why? Because... <laughs> It's impossible that a guy like me walks to the University of Georgia and a lady way in the back comes to running to me, takes my paperwork asking me for a job to do a master's degree because I didn't know what to do after seminary and comes back and give me free scholarship for two months. That just don't happen to, like this to anybody. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is that I've experienced that type of thing and I'm not scared of it at all. What I'm saying to you is that the prophetic can come by angels. I believe that woman was an angel of God working at the University of Georgia, waiting for me to walk in there and establish a scholarship for two master's degrees. It's impossible. You, you know how much it costs married housing? You know how much it costs all the books? I mean, that's a full scholarship with everything, including food. I mean, I, I couldn't believe I have to go to Korga with a piece of paper that I get every month from the store right there and bring food to the house. I mean, that's strange. Now, who did that? God did it. Why? Because it has been prophesied. Okay? So I want you to know that you have children, you have people in your house, you have situations in your house, and maybe the time has come to where you will speak the oracles of God and sit down and prophesy that which God gave you. Okay, now, through angels. What is, what is Exodus uh, 3, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4? Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. 
And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burning. And when God saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. So in other words, God needed to have him looking at him. But who sent and who called and who spoke was an angel of God. Now, I don't know if you noticed the scripture, but I want John to read the beginning of the scripture. Verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. So Moses is talking now to the priest. The, the priest uh, is where he gets involved. So meaning a pastoral, a priestly family, a welcome Moses out of the Midian desert for after 40 years to begin his ministry and see the glory of God. So that simply says that God had authority over Jethro being a priest, had authority over Moses. So the prophetic in that circumstance caused him to move fast because the next thing that happens is that God begins to speak to Moses and he moves toward the, the Egyptians. I want you to see that that the prophetic begins with our communication with angels. And then, of course, uh, Isaiah saw a vision about Israel, and he writes about it in, in uh, uh, Isaiah. Uh, why don't you read verses, uh, John, uh, 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 how about uh, Revelations 1, 10 to 17, just to show you vision. God uses visions to prophesy. He speaks through a vision. Uh, who had a vision on top of a, of a building and a home close to Joppa? And he was having lunch. Peter. He saw in the spiritual realm. Don't, don't have to read this. Let me go a little faster. So visions are part of it. And then uh, let's get, uh, let's get to, to Revelations 19, 8, 9, and 10, and 11. Now, receiving from the Lord a divine revelation begins with loving the people of God, begins to be in service to them, begins to put them first. That's prophesying. It is essential that you go through that beginning because it's impossible to serve God in the deep things of God when you don't know how to feed the poor, when you don't know how to deal with the needy. And as you know, for some reason, the way we connected is because we feed the poor. We feed every day the poor. You know, uh, little Kathy called me and said, I'm confused here. This woman is demanding me to bring food to her house, and she needs food, and she's upset and mad. You know, she asked me, what do I do? She's being ugly to me. She's, I said, she's desperate. She's got three children. She's hungry. They haven't eaten a meal this week except they have to come from the house to get the meal at the mission. And it takes a lot of energy to carry the, the four little plates back to the little shack. Run. Go to the store. Use the credit card and buy a bunch of food. Get the boy from the store to carry the food with you all the way to the top. Buy meat. Buy chicken. Fill everything in her little refrigerator. She said, why should I? 
I said, well, because she is hurting. She is about to be sick and her children will die. And, and Kathy's open. She said, oh, I couldn't. Oh, exactly. I, I didn't see that. Oh, my God, I, I missed it. I missed it. I said, Kathy, you've got to be able to understand pain. And if you hear pain, move toward it. And she went up, bought all the stuff, went, took to the boy with the cart. They drove all the way up to that hill and delivered. And it took a while to get there. And you have to go to the back way. It takes about a half a mile to go to the back way all the way up. And then there's the, there's the little shack full of holes everywhere, just a horrible little shack. And the woman was waiting and began to cry. So if you can't do that, you'll never be able to come to the place where you can have the spirit of prophecy. Because the spirit of prophecy is when you have been involved with the needs of others in a long period of time. Now, I want you to know that our ministry, you know, while we've been, my gosh, we've been going to Cuba giving money to Cuba like water. Why does God watch over you? You know, I think today, you know, I don't know how much money. Uh, <laughs> I got a new house. <laughs> I mean, I really need it. I'm, I'm serious. We couldn't live that house anymore. I don't know where to go. I couldn't sell it either. The, the pipes that I had is against the law now. I have to replace them. I don't, I don't have $50,000, but I do have $50,000. I did have $50,000. Why do I did have $50,000? It's because God watched over me because I've been serving him for a long time, and I've done what he told me to do. And so I have no fear not to have everything that's needed. Do you understand? I know I'm speaking to some of you because you are involved in that manner of, of prophesying. You are involved. Every offering we give, we're giving to Cuba. We're doing that, and we're generous, aren't we? We're generous people. Now, what is the spirit of prophecy? Take a look. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said unto me, See, you do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I don't know if we're going to go in context with this scripture, but it simply means when you serve Jesus, you are induced and exposed to the spirit of prophecy. What do you mean by that? You need to know that as you serve, the spirit of prophecy becomes meaning. You don't have to be a prophet to have the spirit of prophecy. As a matter of fact, you can be much more effective if you have the spirit of prophecy in you because if you become a prophet, it is not, it's, it's painful. It's not, it's, it's not easy. It, when my district found out that I had received the Holy Spirit and, and, uh, and spoke in tongues, demons reigned over me. I mean, uh, I've never been attacked so much. And the funny thing is, I didn't pay attention to none, none of them. It traumatized me for a while. I became mentally ill 
for a period of a week and a half one time. But after that, God just protect me from all of it. So what I'm saying to you is this. The spirit of prophecy is available to every Christian that wants to prophesy because it comes from the Holy Spirit. So let me take a look at that. The beginning of the testimony, prophetic ministry, his atoning, his work at the cross, his death, and his resurrection. And so the beginning of your testimony covers the ministry of Jesus. When we look at at, at the death, at the resurrection, the ascension, in Pentecost, you are seeing the ministry of Jesus, the miracles, the signs and wonders, all of that points to you as, as, as you are getting involved in the spirit of prophecy. Because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. You, you testify Jesus, and it begins to move inside of you. Now, let me, let me go a little, a little second. It manifests because the believer has an anointing to speak the prophetic about these important things. So as you begin to expose yourself to the spirit of prophecy, you begin to see and hear and believe and call things that be not as though they were into, into speak life, into, into endure life. I don't know how many times I've counseled to where after the counsel is over, I said so much that I never heard before. I don't know where I learned that. I know I didn't learn. I know that he came to me out of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm saying to you, what happens? And I tell you, after I read what I said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, my God, where did that? Jesus, that's powerful. I know it's not me. I know, I know, I know, I never, I never heard anything like this before. But I know it's right. So the spirit of prophecy exposes you to the perfect will of God for the person in front of you. To where now you are in authority is saying the name of Jesus. I prophesy for you by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And you begin to praise and sing and to give glory. That is one of the things that Elizabeth did to me. I didn't know what she was doing. Rick. Come on, come on, Rick, I want to pray for you, okay? First of all, I see a python fingers all over your head. Ooh, you're bound up in your head because you have all this theology. And before too long, I'm on the floor. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. And yes, I couldn't speak five words without reading it. I have to have everything written down. In other words... This is our Bible study today. And I read 16 pages. Now what happened to my brain? I was set free by the spirit of prophecy. So what I'm saying to you, when you look at your children and they are desperate, you put the hat of the spirit of prophecy upon you and you say, sit down, let me talk to you in the name of Jesus. Quiet down. I want to speak. And you call God between you and your child, and you begin to speak to your child as if you want to hear from God, and you begin to open your heart, and God will speak to you. God will come to your mind. He will come to directly to what you are saying. And he will, in other words, you, you, you create a pattern of prophetic blessings upon your children. That's what my father did to me. If you're shy, you're embarrassed, you don't want to bother them, you'll never get there. 
Somebody said to me, Rick, you're a little odd. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, I prefer to be odd than to be dead. <laughs> it's a spirit. It comes and goes. You have to be open to the Holy Spirit to recognize the spirit of prophecy. You know, Philip says, I have four daughters who prophesy. And it's not prophesying. They were young ladies who spoke the articles of God on people's heads. Remember the, 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 the four daughters of Philip? They were well known. Because the mama and the dad unleashed on them this freedom. How can we be blessed? Listen, uh, let me tell you, I've been doing that to my daughter Sandy. I don't know for how long. She's the brainy. She's the summa cum laude, all of that stuff. Two master's degrees from Georgia State at the same time. Anybody who does two master's degrees at the same time at Georgia State has got a brain. I don't know if she's listening or not. But she called me this last week and said, Dad, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, Dad. I want to apologize to you for denying and telling you that I didn't believe these things. And my daughter is back. I mean, she is just, in Chinese, speaking in tongues, Chinese, by herself. In her living room. Now, let me tell you, I've been prophesied over that. Now, you know who goes to Brazil in April? My oldest son. In other words, it, it's happening. After all the years that I prayed, you got to know this. Don't you think that your children are not going anywhere? You are in charge of that wagon. Amen. You are the head priest of your family. Don't you back off. Don't you feel like you're weak. Don't you cry. Mama, help me, baby. Ha Remember, you are life and your purpose is to every child you have to be blessed of God. And let them know that. And so the spirit of prophecy, it's a spirit. It comes and goes. You got to know when it came and you got to know when it went. <laughs> you do not possess it. Just like the gifts. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Ah. Uh, Okay, just a little more, five more minutes. So, now how do you identify the gift of prophecy and justify it in terms of Scripture? The first thing I want to tell you is that in every block of gifts, there's an expression that deals toward the prophetic. The word of knowledge is not. Discerning of spirit is not. But the word of wisdom, it is. It's foretelling the future. The word wisdom here, it's not something related to the technical and to the scientific. It's something forward. Meaning that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're not a prophet. But you can prophesy into the future. You can say things that be not as though they were. You call things that be not as though they were. You, you're not naming and claiming. By faith you call into being. You're humble before God. Remember, it's a spirit. When you feel it, say it. When you feel it, say it. Don't you back off. People miss the blessing because they're, they're, they're embarrassed. They don't want to do this. They, you know, okay. The second group, faith working on miracles. Working on miracles is, 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 is an activity of the Holy Spirit who moves when you move from point A to point B. You have to do, like going to the doctor is a working of a miracle. You work a miracle by doing something, by going to the altar, by, by, by moving. So it's something you have to do that hasn't been done yet. 
its future. And so the prophetic then comes when there's an invitation and somebody's sick, you take them to the altar. Do you know that uh, one of the major problems with Mary Lucy now is not to bring her here? And I am not doing because of the cold weather. You know, it's so cold. And, uh, but I tell you, I can't, I, can't take, I can't keep her from here anymore. She's mad with me. You went Bible study, didn't you? Why don't you take me? By the way, her mother is today 104 years old. <laughs> 104. Oh, Ricardo, Prophesying, tongues and interpretation. Uh, prophesying means edifying, building, and calling into the field. And so the gifts have arms of the prophetic that are not visible by the naked eye. But when you minister in that area, it becomes a reality in your life. Amen? Now, okay, let me see what I got next. And I'll, oh, 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 okay, okay. Let me begin that for five minutes. Let's talk about now the office of the prophet. Because it's really important for you to know the difference between the office of the prophet and the gift of prophecy, okay? Number one, it's impossible to be trained you call of God. You do not feel the desire to be a prophet. You have no choice. God selects you. The gift of the Spirit is for ministry. The prophet speaks the oracles of God when God speaks. It's not something that you do because you love to do it. It's something that you do because you have no choice. It comes out of your mouth and there's no way to hold it. It just comes out. He doesn't say, now I have a word to you, to the congregation, through uh, my brother that has a gift of prophecy, a prophet. It doesn't work that way. You just get up and say it. I told you that Art has that gift. Now and then he gets up and he says some things that, that I keep on thinking, my God, that's something, there's something there. Because God puts that in his mind, okay? Puts the prophetic in his mind, okay? Uh, you and I sat in that van for six hours. Six hours. Hmm? I mean, really, 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 really. Six hours. Okay. Okay. And suddenly, I said, you know, I, I don't understand. What can we do? So we start singing. And after I started singing, I had in my pocket a little cross from Israel. And the lady close to me was a skinny lady, very fragile, okay? I don't remember her name, but her name, she is the, the, the mother of Kelly. Orion. Camera. I didn't know her name. I didn't know who she was. So as we're doing, the Lord says, now I'm going to give you something here. You pray for her and prophesy over her children. So I prophesied over the children. I prophesy over her husband. I prophesy over the, especially the children, okay? And then I take it in my pocket, the little piece of jewelry, and I said, uh, I want to give this to you. I need it with her name. She puts it on, and it's a little fat little cross, okay? 
beautiful little silver cross. After it was over, she said, you don't know who I am, do you? We just pray for Steve O'Reorn, for Kelly and Tom. You just pray for my whole family. So today, Steve O'Reorn called the office. I've been listening to you, and i got to have this uh, podcast so I can drive and listen. And i gotta got to do it. Would you do that? It started in that seat that we sat for six hours. You were singing. I don't know where you came with 50,000 songs, but you did. I mean, you kept on singing for six hours, okay? And the lady up front began to sing, and we're sitting there, okay? And the driver is in the most comfortable seat up front, just having a great time with the air conditioning. And we're the old people in the back, just, just, just suffering. And the Lord says, now, let's do some ministry. By the way, she, her, her whole life changed after that prayer. Kelly is now in the arms of God, along with her husband, Tom. It all changed. Do you see with the prophetic? It's just that powerful. It's that powerful. It can do that without you. So the prophet uh, provides revelation, guidance, judgment, rebuke to the people of God. The office is a call of God. The prophet is a custodian of the words of God to his people. God equips this man with an everlasting anointing. Now, there's a scripture that I'm going to bring to you now, and I want you to listen to this because it says this. The gifts in the call is without repentance. Paul. You know what that means? It means I don't care my situation spiritually, if I am in or not, if I'm uh, in sin or out of sin, if I'm weak and wimpy, if I'm run, if I'm mad, if I'm upset, it doesn't matter, it doesn't stop. And it's one of the most impressive things I've ever experienced. Because I'm not there. I hadn't had supper. I'm hungry as can be. I need to go to the bathroom. I can't do it. I'm right in the pulpit. I'm locked in that situation for three or four hours. That's the truth. And the Lord says, I'll hold you tight until you finish what I'm going to tell you, what to do. You understand? So, so the idea that you have to be perfect, that you have to have the anointing of God uh, for the occasion, you are anointed. You're permanently anointed. Nothing's going to change. Just hang on. You are you are qualified in the eyes of God to do what if you're going to be in the office of the prophet in minister. Now, are there people here in this meeting that if not should be in the office of the prophet? Oh, yes, at least four or five of you. Because when you speak, it will stick. St- stick. Now, is, uh, is this a Methodist, uh, a Baptist thing, a Presbyterian thing? Not really. You know, I read somewhere it said that uh, I'm a I'm a born bred Methodist, okay, and I am uh, I was born Methodist. I'll remain Methodist, okay, and I'll be Methodist dead. That's not the way to operate. We're, in other words, you can't bring into this call something related to a denomination. You know, look at the Methodist Church today. 
It's about to be evaporated out of the map. Don't do that. Treat the things of God holy and make sure that, uh, that you serve him. So, so, the prophet, when giving attention to a task, the task is done. When you are in the situation that God puts you there, the result is 100%. As you watch someone and speak to someone and see someone, and you begin to speak over their lives, it will stick. Now, I know that several of you, you know, today I heard from, from, from Susan that there's a door uh, in Nashville to where her songs might be published and recorded as a, a way to expand her ministry, her beautiful songs. Uh, and how many times I prayed and prophesied over that? I don't remember, but I, I'd say about 20 or 30. That God would, that God would, that God would open the door, that God would open the door. You understand? It will happen. Just remember P.O. Box 5188. <laughs> okay. Next week, I'm going to talk about the accuracy of the prophetic. And there are, there are at least uh, ten things that you have to know how to maintain accurate. accuracy. Is, is the is very important. Okay. Now, I'll be here. Yes, I'll be here. wasn't a blessing to get to get that little village and they come to talk to you like you know like like the president has arrived right now okay let me tell you what happened we began to pray and began to prophesy over cuba that god will open the door for us to continue okay we did that at the bible study looking at the looking at the board trump's presidency or uh, the White House has canceled all of the flights to Cuba from Florida from everywhere only one flight now to Cuba is from Atlanta <laughs> okay number one. number two they gave us our religious visa back Now we can have a religious visa. Preach away. No problem. We did it without it, but now. <laughs> but the direct flight from Atlanta to, to Cuba, I mean, on Delta, uh, that just changed everything. You see how God is moving and changing? We're going to Peru in September. Met the, met the bishop. John, you met the bishop. Remember his downcast? Tell him. Well, he, I use this for the sake of those online. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, he's overwhelmed just with the burden of the church and just the weight of it. And it was, it was, he was he said five or six times, 
in the midst of all this going to visit churches, he said, can you please find a way to do some leadership training from our pastors because they need it. They don't, they don't know how to minister to the people. They don't know how to evangelize. They don't know how to grow the church. But they want to. They genuinely want to, but they don't know how. And so he's just weighed down with this. So we're going to go there and see what we can do. We expect 40. Expect 40 people. We're going to cover 25 churches in the di- six hours from Atlanta. Uh, take a lot of money and give to the church. Not cash. Huh? No. Oh, no cash. No. We'll send a check. Yeah, send a check. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying to, to hear Kay because she, she helped us with that. It's a prophetic. <laughs> it was, Kay. It was. It was. I appreciate you saying it. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. That we are now, God, away from milk and into the meat of the word. I pray, God, that uh, the spirit of prophecy would take hold of our group as we speak in the lives of all of those that you sent to us. And, Lord, we ask you that uh, it be a year of deep ministry to those that come. We're not interested in the numbers, Lord. We're interested in what you're going to do with those we have and that you sent to us. We pray, Lord, for a spiritual cover on the trip to Brazil. Not only a smooth flight, but also a good uh, beginning of the week at the mission, the meals, the staff as they prepare every single detail. We pray, God, for the outpouring of your spirit at every church we go. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, next week, after we do the accuracy, I want to prophesy over you. I want to speak a word, okay? But for that, I have to do a little fasting, a little prayer, so the Lord can talk to me. Amen? Because I don't want to speak out of me, right? Amen? Amen. See you, see you next Thursday. I'll be here.